0: I'm Aaron Schlein, and I'm here to help you turn your love of travel into a thriving business and a dream life. This is Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. <music> ho, my friend. It's Aaron here. You have landed on episode number 29 of Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. My friend, podcasting plays a huge part in my dream life and it can do the same for you. Unleash the power of your voice and start your podcasting journey today. Head over to dramaticpodcasting.com. You can read my story and enroll in my free podcasting mini course to help you start your podcasting journey the right way. That's dramaticpodcasting.com. Notes for this episode are available at DramaticTravels.com slash E29. Off we go with today's guest. I am very pleased to introduce Scott Kies, the founder of Scott's Cheap Flights. Scott grew up in Ohio and has lived all over the world since, from California to DC to Mexico to Colorado, and now in Portland, Oregon. Prior to to starting Scott's Cheap Flights, Scott worked as a political journalist. Scott Kies, welcome to Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Aaron. It's great to be back. Oh, it was my absolute pleasure. Scott is a as a repeat guest. I interviewed him five months ago for. My other podcast, Dramatic Travels Family. We talked all about travel on that podcast. And today we're going to talk business because Scott's Cheap Flights, the business that Scott has built, is really just an incredible model of the possibilities in the entrepreneurial space, especially the travel entrepreneurial space, when you have a vision and you know exactly what you do and what you serve. So Scott, give us a bring us up to speed just real quick. Scott's Cheap Flights, how did it start and what do you do?
1: Yeah. um, So, you know, I had a very serendipitous uh, uh, origin story. I was never one of those entrepreneurs who, you know, even ever really wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was never focused. uh, Oh, you know, I really want to build up this this business. I've got some five year business plan. You know, I really want to do startups like I was a a, a journalist by trade. i had been working for years as a political journalist. And I just kind of dabbled in cheap flights on the side. I really love to travel and journalists uh, is not it's not a highly lucrative industry. <laughs> and so, you know, I hey, look, I've realized that if I want to be able to travel, I need to figure out ways to be able to do so for less, uh, ex, you know, less expense than it normally is. And so I got very good at uh, kind of finding those cheap flights and doing that, you know, quote unquote, travel hacking to 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 figure out ways to be able to Uh, spend less on my travels. And it all sort of then culminated in 2013, uh, when I got the best deal that I ever got in my life, which was nonstop from New York City to Milan for 130 bucks round trip. And it was, uh, you know, not a place that I'd had on my radar. It was not somewhere that it was not a deal that I was expecting to find. But for $130 round trip, you know, heck, yeah, of course, there's nowhere in the world that I wouldn't go. And so I ended up having a, a, a wonderful trip. It was, uh, a, you know, super fun, beautiful area. We hung out in Lake Como and skied in the Alps. Went to Cinque Terre, all that stuff. And so when I got back from this trip, you know, word had spread, I guess, among friends and coworkers. And so person after person kept coming up to me and asking, "Hey Scott, can you let me know next time you find a deal like that so I can get in on it too?" And so you know, it, by the time the kind of sixth or seventh person had asked me this, I would started to realize I'm not going to be able to remember. Every single person I need to 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 you know give a heads up to next time there's a deal like this. Why don't I just start a little email list and that way I can let everybody know at once. And so you know I I had no idea at the time, but but Scott's Cheap Flights was born in that moment. Um, uh, you know, but even then you know it wasn't something I was planning to do for a business. It was just c- completely a hobby, something I like to do for just for fun. You know, I love to be able to find these cheap flights and then help other people be able to travel cheap. But so over the next eighteen months, uh, you know, friend people would tell one another, friends would tell friends. It was it was free and open to sign up for and everything, and so it grew from just a couple dozen friends of mine to about uh, to by the middle of twenty fifteen to about five thousand people on the list, which was um, you know incredible, eye popping. Uh, one, but also one of those moments where it's a sort of a uh, uh, crisis opportunity because at, in in that moment when you are uh, go above when you reach a level like five thousand uh, subscribers all of a sudden Mailchimp who I was using at the time you know to send out emails they don't let you send free emails uh, to that many subscribers all of a sudden you have to start paying to do so you know and I and I love being able to send these deals to friends but to pay fifty bucks a month out of my own pocket for the privilege of emailing these deals to my own friends I was like ah eh. you know I. I i didn't i didn't have that much interest in doing that but i also figured look there's a huge demand for this type of thing you know people really are sort of hungry for this i wonder if there's a business opportunity here and so it was only at that point that i started to realize like start to think a little bit okay is there a way that i could actually turn this into an actual business and build it into something uh and then a couple months later ended up Officially launching, you know, as a business in in August 2015, uh, Scott's Cheap Flights is something that folks could uh, sign up for and 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 support through paid membership as well. well let's go um, through those. Let's go yeah. through
0: those couple of months. So you had a really clear advantage in that your idea. Uh, for your business was validated by these thousands of people who wanted to be part of your list. And you hit that kind of that first roadblock, which is, okay, now I've got to start paying to send these emails. And then maybe the business, the business triggers start to start to hit, but you had so many different avenues. You could have gone down to, to monetize this, to deliver this service. So just take me through those couple of months.
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. You know, I I basically was uh, faced with a problem 50, I had to pay out of pocket all of a sudden to be able to do this and then, you know, different avenues to be able to try to resolve that problem, uh, uh, figuring out ways that I can, might be able to monetize to, or, you know, figure out ways to not have to spend that money out of pocket. So one, obviously, would be like just to shut it down, shut down the list. Uh, didn't have much interest in doing that. You know, I I, I liked being able to uh, send these emails and it was clear there was those. Was, you know, there was some sort of magic here, like something was happening. So I didn't want to, uh, uh, just kind of let the opportunity pass. I could have limited the number of people on the list and said, you know, look, I'll, I'll, I'll run this list, but only up to, you know, the number of folks I can have on the list that I could send for free. But, you know, again, same sort of consideration. I was like, Oh, you know, actually have an opportunity here. So in thinking about, okay, how can I sort of recoup those costs? What, what are my options for monetizing? Um, I, I sort of had three options in my mind. One option was, uh, ad supported, you know, do, do, do Google ads, sell ad inventory myself, try to do that. Um, and you know, the benefit is that, uh, you're not charging, uh, you're not charging subscribers, anything they can, anybody can be on for, for, for free. And, and, you know, you're just selling, selling ad inventory. Obviously there's a lot of businesses that are ad supported. The reason why I was hesitant to go down that route was a couple things. One, you know, ad rates are are not uh, all that lucrative. It takes a lot. It takes a really high volume for it to make that sort of business model work. Um, and you know, if you're trying to sell out inventory yourself, that just, that takes a lot of uh, hustle and salesmanship that I'm not, that's not my strong suit being a, a salesman per se. And so I figured, okay, I shy away a little bit from this sort of just ad supportive model. Um, option B in my mind was to do what's called an affiliate model where basically in these, uh, these so these emails that I'd send out to folks, these cheap flight alerts, and and you know I'd say, okay, yeah, you know, hey guys, FYI, there's uh, $300 flights available to Paris, um, but then the sample search link could be an affiliate link where basically if somebody booked through that link, then I would get you know a, a kickback from from Kayak, from Expedia, from uh, some one of the online travel agencies, and. I gave I gave some thought to that and ultimately decided against it um, because so I can didn't. We stop like, you right there, real quick. I'm yeah. just curious. Did
0: you have anybody, any any mentors or advisors at this point who were, who no. you were bouncing oh God, this stuff no. off
1: of? Oh God, no. This is this is just me on the couch, just sort of ruminating, thinking, trying to you know think through potential pitfalls. And, and, and you know, this wasn't just like a, oh, I sat down one afternoon and think about this. Like you know, I was taking a couple a couple weeks, a month or two to really sort of. Figure this out in, in my head, but no, I I, uh, I didn't have mentors, and it might have been it might have been helpful in retrospect. But remember, I didn't come at this as someone with as someone with any sort of formal business background or training mm-hmm. or uh, plans to become an entrepreneur. You know, I was just sort of a journalist and and doing this as not even a side hustle, just a hobby for fun. And so uh, uh, there was definitely a lot of just trial by fire, learning as I'm learning as I went along rather than uh, 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 having this sort of formal, formal background to, to put into practice. Um, so back to, the, you know, I was thinking about the affiliate model and I didn't like the way that the affiliate model set up the incentives because One of the things that I think people really appreciated, uh, in the, you know, uh, both today and in the early halcyon days of sketching flights was that it was only focused on the deals that are saving people a, a ton of money, you know, deals that are 500, $600 off normal flight prices, not ones that are like 50 or 75 bucks off normal flight prices. Because, you know, like that $130 flight that I took to, to, to Milan, um, that was a deal that you know I would I would just book in a heartbeat as soon as I saw it I would book and figure out the details later you, you know if and because just because it was so much cheaper than normal prices but if it's only 50 75 bucks off normal prices you know I'm not running home to book that I'm not like waking up my wife from from sleep oh honey we got to we got to book this or something and but by having an affiliate model And by getting a kickback anytime somebody books a flight, all of a sudden my incentive is for more people to book more flights. But because they're trusting me to basically be their advocate and look and find the best deals that I think are out there for them, and then entrusting that, like, all right, if Scott says this is a good deal, this is a good deal. There was a a little bit of an uh, incentive mismatch where where you know I wanted more people to I would want more people to book because of the, that's how, you know, the business was supported. But folks on the list were wanting mostly just, they didn't necessarily want to book more deals, they just wanted to book the best deals. So I ultimately decided against going the affiliate amount, affiliate route, even today, we still, we don't take any affiliates, kickbacks, incentives, or anything, or, you know, or like we say, our only incentive is to find folks a a deal that they're really, really excited for. And so ended up settling on this third uh uh, monetization model which is the freemium subscription model you know where where we have uh i i basically was deciding i didn't want to kick off everybody on the list and have a fully premium paid model you know i was worried i was like man there's so many people on the list they really like getting these these deals i didn't want to have to kick people off but you know i needed to figure out some way to try to monetize so going this pre this freemium model where there was uh, both a, f- a free tier, you know, that had uh, uh, kind of an intro and, and a limited look on things and then a premium tier with uh, additional kind of perks and, and, and benefits there was what I ultimately settled on. And, and um, even to this day, that's still kind of the way that Scotty flights operates on this uh, freemium subscription model.
0: Yeah. And my friends out there in podcast land, this is why I brought Scott on because there's there's no shortage of people I could have interviewed on this show about inexpensive travel, getting travel deals. I specifically brought Scott on because of that business model, because my friends out there, whether you're, you're a blogger or some, any content creator in the travel space, I really am trying to encourage people to figure out creative ways to serve your audience directly and align the goals and objectives of your business with the goals and objectives of, of your clients, of your readers and Scott's tea flight. Scott, whether you, whether you realize you were stumbling on a gold mine or not, like you just, you arrived at this incredibly creative, unprecedented way of delivering, delivering value. And, And quite frankly, it's just the word of mouth that you get from your clients is is unbelievable, myself included. And just going back to that mentors thing, <clears throat> I can't help but wonder if maybe you had an, a mentor, an established authority in the space that they might have tried to steer you down a different path. Yeah, you know,
1: it, it was that's that's a really interesting uh, uh, point because because this was a this model And thank you, by the way, for 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 the kind words. I really oh, appreciate it. I want to I don't want to let that pass, but um. It, 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 Because that this type of thing didn't exist before and it wasn't, you know, there didn't really exist a sort of freemium cheap flight alert subscription service that that just wasn't something that was there before. Most you know, new businesses tend to model themselves after what's already been done. And like I said, what's been validated, um, which is all well and good and makes a lot of business sense. And for most, I think, situations is the correct route. But. I didn't have a business training. I didn't have a business background. So, I, and 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 as as importantly, I didn't have anything to lose. You know, I wasn't someone. This wasn't a long held dream of mine. And it wasn't, you know, at, at least before I started actually doing it as a business, it wasn't like bringing in money inadvertently or anything. And so I figured, look, I'll try this out. If it works, great. If not, you know, no big deal. This was just a a, a hobby I did on the side anyway. Uh, so having, I, I guess I, in retrospect, I was fortunate to not have, uh, those that kind of worry, you know, that, that, oh man, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to try something unconventional or try something, uh, completely new and different because it's riskier and there's a higher chance of failure. And, you know, if it hasn't been done before, then, then it's unlikely to, to succeed. But, um, I didn't sort of know all that or 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 take all into account i was just like hey look i've got this this thing there's people that want it i want to try to figure out the best way to 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 monetize but in a way that sort of aligns incentives um and and just see if it ends up working working out or not and and uh you know lucky (laughs) lucky for me that 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 it did i mean plenty of obviously tons of hard work and whatnot along the way but it, it certainly wasn't like Predestined to be to be a success, and I think you're right that if there had been a sort of either more conventional training on my part, or more, or had a a a mentor really kind of strictly steering me one direction or another, things might have turned out a little bit different.
0: Well, I think there's a lot of lessons in there for really for anyone who's trying to just be creative and innovate in in a given space, which quite frankly is is a fairly saturated space. There's you know probably thousands of different places you can go online to search for inexpensive flights to to trip plan. And just to come in and just essentially copy what's working is it might work, but it's just, it's not that thing that's going to set you apart. And again, like I said, whether you, you realized it at the time, you came in with fresh eyes, with a fresh idea, took it in a fresh direction and, and you took off in just a few short years. Just, it's been an incredibly, incredibly lucrative business for you and your team, but also just imagine, I mean, it's probably, Impossible to get your mind around the value that you've provided worldwide to, to the people on your list. Just all these inexpensive flights, giving people the the ability to travel where they want to go and and inexpensively. That's 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 truly yeah. it's priceless, it, man.
1: It's it's just such a funny thing because you know you you, know, you look at what Scotty Flights is today and what it's become. You know, a million and a half subscribers, sending out deals all around the world. We know we support every single continent, not just, not just United States, not just Canada, but literally all over the entire world, uh, sending out, you know, hundreds, thousands of emails, uh, or, or, or cheap flight alerts every month, a team of 35 people. It, but it still is just essentially what I stumbled upon back in you know late 2013 when kind of, I found this deal to Milan. And when I got back, Everybody was like, "Hey, can you let me know next time you find a deal like that so I can get on it too and it was it was completely a necessity as the mother of invention uh, situation you know i didn't I wasn't someone who was kind of studying the like airfare business and trying to figure out the way that people uh, uh, think about how do they search for flights, and when should they buy, and how do they find new information, stuff about that, and doing a real sort of ivory tower uh, uh, academic approach to it. It was just, wow, I, I've i gotten kind of good at finding cheap flights, and people want to know when I find those flights, and I need to figure out the easiest, most efficient way to tr- to get that information from me to them. Email was it. You know, that, that struck me as the, the, the simplest way to, to do it. And so I did it. And that's, you know, I sent more or less what Sketchy still is today, whether it was just, just me sending it to a few dozen friends or, you know, a team of 35 folks sending it to a million and a half subscribers around the globe.
0: Let's let's talk about that when like when you flip that switch for the first time and you open the the virtual doors to Scotch cheap flights and then I want to get into how you kind of assembled your team over the years. So tell me about so you've made the decision, that you you kind of hit that brick wall with with Mailchimp, which I think a lot of people out there hopefully understand. <laughs> and so now you've decided to flip the switch. So what 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 action steps did you take next? Like how did you notify the people that were on your list that you were going to take it to this level and turn it into a business?
1: Yeah, great question. So. Um, Because I came from the journalism world, and 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 this is uh gosh 2015 at the time, but it was still very fresh in my mind seeing the struggles that so many you know newspapers and journalistic outfits had had trying to grapple with monetization and and the internet. You know, because look, when the internet first started, so many places just posted well, you know, post all their articles online, and it was completely free, uh, uh, and it was great for you know readers and it was terrible for, uh, the journalistic outfits and and newspapers, bottom lines. But what ended up being especially difficult for them was when they realized this and started trying to, to monetize, started trying to paywall and stuff, seeing how, you know, their humans, human psychology as, you know, the principle of loss aversion is so incredibly powerful And the idea of paying for something that you used to get for free is so incredible, you know, such a a difficult barrier for folks that I was hyper cognizant that, you know, look, look, this is going to be incredibly difficult. I've got 5000 people on the list who are used to getting something for free from me who I want to try to ask to start paying for that. And so, you know, this is this is sort of the mindset that I'm taking at the time realizing, like, how how am I going to overcome that hurdle, uh, especially in light of all the challenges that the newspapers and whatnot faced. And so what I ended up doing, I did two things. First of all, you know, creating a, a, a separate tier with additional perks. So, I, I, you know, I was saying like, OK, look, there's the free tier which everybody is on right now. You don't have, you know, if you don't do anything, you're not going to like, nothing's going to change in terms of your, your account or whatnot. But I'm going to create this additional premium tier where, you know, three times the deals go to that. Like all the deals get sent to the premium list and only one third of the deals will get sent to the free list. You know, it's promising folks that, uh, Uh, deals that do get sent to both of them, they're going to go to the premium list first and they'll get them 30 minutes before free subscribers. You know, I tell them like, uh, um, premium subscribers would eventually be able to choose which specific airports they wanted alerts for. Whereas for free subscribers, they were just selecting by the region. So saying, I just want deals departing, uh, the West coast of the U S or, you know, the, the Southeast or something like that. And then I'd say that uh, uh, for folks on the free list, there might be ads at some point, uh, but for folks on the premium list, it would, you know, forever be, be ad-free experience. Um, so that was one of the things that I did, was create this separate premium tier with, with additional uh, uh, perks and whatnot to it. But what I, I think the, the key thing that I did here that was that ultimately proved successful was to set an extremely low price point. So I set a price point of $2 per month, cancel anytime, there's no, no commitment. And the reason why I set it at $2 per month is I wanted I wanted the price to be so low that people wouldn't have to think about, can I afford this? Like, is it worth the money? I only wanted the question to be, do I value this service enough to be willing to pull out my credit card? You know, like I could have just essentially set it at 50 cents or or, or something. I wanted to have such a low price point that it was a mostly a question of, can I get enough people over this mental barrier and get them to pull out their credit card uh, uh, rather than seeing like, can I get the most amount of money from people who are willing to pay for it? It, You know, it's essentially a validation experiment to see, are are, are there people willing to pay for this? And I was hoping that there would be 25 people in that first month because that way I would recoup my $50 that I, uh, you know, owed to MailChimp. Um, cause at, again, at the time, this was not something I was planning to become a big, a big business or, or, or really anything at all. I just didn't want to have to pay money out of pocket to do this. Uh, uh, and you know, I ended up getting those first 25 subscribers, I think in, in the first 3 days or so when i made this announcement um to the entire free list and then by the end of the month i think there were like 100 or 200 folks who had signed up for the premium list and so then every single month you know they were they were being charged 2 bucks a month and so i was getting a, a couple hundred bucks for the uh, each month and then it was just kind of building up from there i mean it's a subscription revenue is a, is, a, is a beautiful thing but again right at the beginning it was mostly just trying to see can i get people to to sign up to pay for this rather than how much can I get them to pay for it
0: and this is still at this point it's still just you one
1: man show that's right that's right it was just me for the first oh gosh three months or so of it being an actual business and by by kind of late fall uh this would have been I don't know somewhere around like November of 2015 I was just I was drowning in work I I I you know, it was up to my eyeballs. I was getting hundred, you know, hundred something emails every day, trying to find deals, trying to handle all the, um, uh, uh, tech issues and website stuff. And so I just, uh, uh ended up getting really lucky stumbling upon uh, a guy who would end up becoming my, our, our COO, my co-founder, uh, Brian. And, uh, uh and, you know, uh, he was incredibly sort of smart, entrepreneurial, sartorial, and, and, and just, uh, uh, Went, decided to go in together where i would be focusing kind of on on the deals the writing the sort of public facing stuff of the company and he would do uh the sort of internal you know everything from from biz dev to dabbling in uh uh you know the tech stuff uh website building all those types of things but yeah for uh uh it took a, a, it took a few months to kind of uh, for me to realize that I couldn't be, I couldn't do this on my own anymore. There was way too much to be done. Uh, and then it was just serendipity that we ran into one another and, and, and got to be able to go into business together.
0: And did you even have
1: a website in those, that early day? Kind of, <laughs> um, it was it was mostly just a glorified Mailchimp sign up form. My brother's really good at at web design, so he kind of built me built me something uh, relatively simple. But then when when uh, Brian came on board, one of the one of the kind of first first orders of business was like, all right, we need like a legit website. Yeah, you know, it was some like really weird uh, 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 URL as well. And, you know, some, like it wasn't just com like it is today it was some, some, you know, totally something that nobody could remember or tell their friends. And so finally, you know, again, as someone who is much smarter and wise at business matters than I was like, all right, we need an actual kind of memorable, uh, pithy website, not just, not just this, this long string of characters that we're using today.
0: Well, I just think there's just so much there's so many nuggets uh, of information and hopefully inspiration to my friends out there in in podcast land who are you're building your businesses and you're focusing on you know how pretty your website is and your lead magnets and your your email management and those are those are all important things but i just i really want you to just focus on what scott was able to do with a very minimalistic extremely minimalistic version of all of those things and it was all because he was providing this incredible amount of value to the people that he was Sit, that he had set out to serve.
1: And I, I, I think that's an, a really, really, sorry to interrupt. But I think it's no, no. a really excellent point that, you know, it, <laughs> it was, it, if I could kind of sum up sort of the early, the early days of, of, of Scott's cheap flights, it was that he, we absolutely did not put the cart before the horse. You know, it, it was, it was first thing first, just finding the deal, sending them out to folks getting that validation and then figuring out later on like okay now that now that it's clear there's this much demand now that's clear that it's been validated we can focus on this sort of like you're saying the core things the the people there's things that people think of as like completely necessary for business having a, a uh, you know a, a pithy url having a, a really slick website having a you know an optimized sign up flow and all those things i mean all those things are great and better than than not having them but they're they get confused for being necessities when in reality it's just it's it's ways to improve uh what are what is actually your core business
0: right. It's just ways to streamline what is essentially an an analog process of knowing who you're knowing who your people are you want to serve the value you're gonna provide them and then just connecting with that message and then then you know you add the like you said the the more streamline sort of slick technology later to streamline the process that you've already sort of mastered. You're just making it more efficient and, and adding an, an automation piece. But your the core of what you do and who you serve and how you serve them didn't change. It just became better and slicker and, and more more streamlined. So you're you're by yourself and then you, you acquired your your co-founder and the business is bubbling and growing. Tell me, I'd like to hear about how you built your your team over the years.
1: It was very reactive. Um, again, going back to the theme of, of necessity being the mother invention, we, we, um, Brian and I were, were humming along for a while and then we realized way too much of our, of our time and day to day is being spent answering subscribers emails. You know, again, being, being, uh, a company that who email is essentially the universe that we live in, uh, when someone wants to get in touch with us. All they have to do is hit reply to a, a deal we send out, and and you know they're they're back to us. And so we were getting a couple hundred emails a day in addition to the, our our normal sort of work responsibilities. So we realized, man, we need to we need to bring on someone to to help with support here. And so we did. Uh, we you know we brought on uh, uh, someone to 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 help kind of handle that flow and 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 everything to be able to free up Brian and I, I's time to be able to focus on other things. Um so that was our next hire and then we started to realize, you know, we're, one of the things that we were getting a lot of emails about was like, hey, this is amazing. Can you launch this? Can you do this for uh Australia? You know, can you do this for the UK? Can you do this for Spain and all those uh all those various other places and so we started to think, okay, yeah, let's let's do that, but you know, I I wasn't optimally suited for trying to send out deals from Australia, not least of which because it's completely you know halfway around the world they're completely different time zone and I also just i could I could rattle off just about any airfare from any u s airport to to another place around the around the country around the world, what it you know what a good price is, what normal price is that sort of stuff. but I couldn't do that for australia it's it's it you know fares are a lot lot different obviously, and so we kind of started a search for hey let's find somebody to head up uh, a flight search for australia So brought somebody on to do that ditto with with europe and uk then we realized man we're getting too many emails you know we really need to we need, really need more help um uh on the sort of customer support front and so we we hired a more of a, a few more folks on that end started to realize like wow the website is is breaking down a lot uh, we're having a lot of sort of tech issues but we also see a lot of promise if we were to build out uh, a strong sort of tech base why don't we bring on an actual full-time developer rather than just kind of farming work out uh to you know place up work and and stuff like that so brought on brought an actual developer yeah and then it was just kind of each 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 step along, we would see okay. What are what are our needs? You know, whether that's another another flight searcher, another customer support uh, advocate, whether that's uh, you know someone be doing social media, um, more developers, and it just kind of ballooned out from there. But you know, this was not uh, again. This is all somewhat reactive. Uh, it wasn't a sort of five year business plan looking forward. And we need you know we're going to need. This benchmark and hit uh, to hire these people, then and that people there mostly like, wow, we have too many emails coming in for what people can handle. We need we need to you know if we want to get be able to get back to people quickly, we need to bring on another support person. Or oh man, you know we're just we don't like we don't have enough flight searchers to be able to handle the volume of 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 good deals that we're seeing. We need to bring on another flight searcher to be able to help out with that. Um,
0: how do you how do you how do you recruit for a job like that flight searcher. We need a flight searcher.
1: It is. It's it's really interesting because it is much more of a, uh, of a skill than I would have expected early on. Um, like I didn't, I thought this was Oh yeah, you know, it's flight search you just go to kayak and you put in your cities and you put in your dates and whatever the fair is. That's what the fair is, which is, extremely incomplete it's essentially that would be essentially saying oh yeah van gogh you know you just dip that paintbrush in some water (laughs) and paint and put it on the paper and there it is you know there. like not only are there is there a ton of nuance and complexity to it but it's also that most people when they are when they uh you know to the extent that they're flight searching in their free time they're just searching for flights out of their home airport and maybe just to one or two oh you know i want to go From Portland to to uh, Tokyo or to Paris or something, and I'll just go search that. Whereas you know, flight searchers on Scaspy flights are searching from they're monitoring airfare departing from a hundred or a hundred and fifty different airports to you know five hundred different airports all around the globe. So you can see that the the number of different permutations is uh, incredibly high in trying to to monitor information and find a couple of those. Gems in the rough is is a difficult thing, and so what we found, you know, we tried, we we've gone through a ton of rounds of hiring various flight searchers. Nobody comes in with a sort of professional expertise in this. You know, it's not oh yeah, you know, when I'm when we would hire other journalists, seeing what they've, you know, what other writings have they done in the past? Who have they worked for before? Like, and you can pretty well project out from there. Like, nobody's been a professional flight searcher before. And so you look for different sort of heuristics, like are they uh, are they really sort of computer savvy and able to work really quickly? Are they able to kind of take in a lot of information and and sift through that uh, uh, quickly and 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 have a sense of what's what's really good, what's what's and what can be kind of left behind basically a really good sense of of how to triage things and how to prioritize. And but then a big part of it, too, is just having a really robust, strong training program that, you know, we when we get people in, we're like, we there's a solid intensive month of flight searching training that they everybody starts out with. And then even for the next sort of we tell people, look, it's going to take another at least three months for, uh, of, of kind of practicing this, doing this before you start to feel really, really comfortable, uh, with it. And we can like really kind of take off the training wheels. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting job to hire for when, when it's one that, that just doesn't really exist otherwise, uh, uh, you know, in other industries.
0: Have you ever thought about selling that training?
1: Oh man. I know to be honest, I have not thought about that.
0: <laughs> I just know what people are willing to pay in this this world for information and for online courses. It's very lucrative, and I'm totally going off the rails here, but I was just yeah. thinking like man like i'm I don't need a job, but that'd be cool just to have that skill you know
1: yeah, absolutely it, it, It's an interesting idea. I think one one tough thing that sometimes gets gets a little bit sort of lost in translation is that while there are ways to sort of optimize your flight searching abilities. It's not a sort of calculation or or it's not the type of thing like, oh, when you have the formula, you just plug in, you know, right. A, B, and C, and then you get your, your cheap flight. There, A lot of it, honestly, is just legwork, putting in the hours, monitoring. And uh, because the, you know, the best deals when they pop up, they tend not to last very long. Um, you know, we, we found a deal a couple months ago. I was... Uh, flights from um, the U.S. over to all over Southeast Asia, you know, Bangkok, uh, uh, Vietnam. I know the deal you're talking about, Scott, because I almost booked it, man. Oh man, that five like six
0: hundred dollars business, business class fight. on Hong yeah. Kong Airlines, like yep. like
1: half. I'll tell you, like half the half the team, including Brian, who I just mentioned, bought that flight, and yeah, he just took his flight a, a couple of days ago and sending over pictures. It was very jealousy inducing. Uh, uh, my wife and I were home
0: without the kids for some reason, which never happens. It was just. Uh, the two of us and we're like the one that came up was Bali. It's like five hundred eighty-eight dollars round trip out of San Francisco, which is yeah. our home airport, business class. It's like oh. we had no idea what we would do or what we would do with the kids, and then we let it go.
1: Oh uh, man, yeah, I tell you, we uh, my my wife and I were were we thinking about it as well. She's uh, e- expecting our, our our first child here in in the next month or so, and so we figured, oh, look, gosh, we can't make the timing work. We can't do this with like a two month old, but. Man, no, that was tough to pass up, but but you know to back to that that deal that that is the type of deal that um when that pops up, it only because it's so good, it's only going to last a few hours, and so it's really you know there's not a, necessarily like a secret to to finding it. It's a lot of it is just like being there when it pops up so that you notice it and then can get it out to subscribers as quickly as possible to give them as much time to be able to book it.
0: I think it's just cool that, that you, Scott, the founder of Scott's Cheap Flight still gets excited about finding a deal like that. Oh
1: man, I, I'm like a, I'm like a schoolboy sometimes when those, when those pop up, I get, you know, sweaty palms like, <laughs> start shaking. Oh man, this is so good.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's coming through loud and clear here on the, on, on the podcast today. I appreciate you sharing that story. Cause I, I know, <laughs> I know what it feels like and it's cool to know that, that you still feel that way too. Oh, so yeah. we're kind of, we're going to winding down here on time, but I wanted to ask you like, okay, so what's, What's going on today? What's what's the future hold, and and what are, what do you see some of your biggest challenges being going
1: forward? Mm, yeah, this is a g- great question. You know, so I mentioned that um, the the business today still largely looks like what it did kind of three years ago when it first launches a business, and, and and five years ago when it first started as a hobby. Just you know, uh, find a deal, package it together in a, in an email, and then send it out to subscribers, and 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 that's been great, and it's worked better than I ever could have imagined. But one of the things that I really want to, that I'm excited for this in this next kind of 12, 18 months or so is really starting to personalize and and be able to customize the business. So, you know, we, we'll send out deals and, and, and you know, to every, to all around the world When really good deal pops up to somewhere like, uh, you know, whether it's Nairobi or London or Tokyo or Bali or Australia, I would love like one of the things we're really excited about being able to build Is uh, be able to give uh, members like a much more robust customization aspect, so that they can say, okay, look, Scott, I, uh, you know, I'm a college student, and I would love to be able to travel cheap, but like I've got classes from you know September through May, I can't travel then, but so like I only want deals that would include uh, that have like peak summer travel, you know, so that I can get those or like, Hey, look, I, you know, I really, I just need to, I'm just a beach bum. Like I need to go to the beach. I don't care if that beach is in Spain or Brazil or, you know, Costa Rica, it doesn't matter. I just want to be able to go to a beach destination. Somebody to say, you know, Oh, look, I've got, I just got a nice bonus at work. I've got like 400 bucks that I could spend on flights to be able to make a vacation work. So I only want deals that would be you know, 400 bucks or, or less or something, be able to have uh, like those levels of customization that don't exist today. Today, it's a bit more of a shotgun approach where we can send deals that are relevant to people based on where they're from, but not necessarily relevant based on where they'd like to go or what they'd like to spend or what they'd like to do. Uh, being able to yeah have a much more kind of fleshed out uh, uh, user experience is one of the things that we're really, really kind of keen on, on, on building and excited for, uh, in this next sort of 12 to 18 months.
0: So what would you say your biggest challenges in developing that this kind of these new programs? Mm.
1: Um, it's all, I mean, there's always tech, there's always tech challenges. Look, I'm not somebody who's, who's, uh, uh, like a savvy developer or anything. And so, um, building out, obviously taking into account everything so that it plays well and that you're not kind of rolling out a half-baked product that then is going to wind up creating more problems than it's worth it it takes it ends up taking a lot of time um this is something i don't think i'd fully realized or appreciated early on that and and especially when you're talking about a membership base that's you know a million and a half people and you're talking about them uh working over a, a number of different platforms so you know we have our own sort of uh, uh subscribe like user database, but then we, you know, we don't actually post- process the payments ourselves. It processes through Stripe, and then you know we don't send out the emails ourselves. Like it sends out through an email service provider, and so you're you know already there. You have three different entities. You know our user base, the Stripe where the pay- payments are processed, the email provider where the emails are actually sent. Getting any you know anytime you build something new that overlays, it has to be able to make sure that it plays nice between all three of those uh, uh different areas it, it can be difficult it can be really really challenging so uh, uh doing that from a, a tech standpoint and making sure that it's all all kind of well and good is one of the challenges but then there's also challenge a little bit from a kind of business uh internal business development aspect you know look we we're 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 35 people now and we it's an all remote team there's no scotts duplight's headquarters Um, we're, you know, we all kind of, uh, live and work in different parts of the world. And so trying to make sure that we're building a, a, a good team culture and, and chemistry and dynamics so that people are, you know, still like, like stay happy and, and excited to, to work and excited to come in and do their job and be able to do it effectively, even though they're not in the same physical space as their coworkers. Uh, that's, you know, that's kind of a very sort of. 21st century challenge that, uh, that we, there's not a simple or easy answer to, but where that we're kind of constantly working on to try to try to make it as good as possible.
0: Well, I love that. This shows that no matter how successful you are, there's, there's challenges at absolutely every level, but you, you've you clearly got a great team around you and you've got a vision and no doubt that it's Scott's chief Flights is going to continue to grow and get better. And again, serve that core audience better, faster, cheaper, Quicker, all the all the good things as, as time moves on. You breezed over one little topic though on on the personal side. I want to talk about just for a second before we mm-hmm. say goodbye, Scott. You're about to become a dad, man. Congratulations, first of all, on that.
1: Hey, thank you. We're, I'm I, I'm incredibly excited. You know, as as excited as I am about all the the business stuff, man. I'm super excited to 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 be a dad here in a few weeks. And you
0: you just had you know reputation as a, an intrepid adventurous traveler. And certainly I don't imagine that's going to change. There's going to be some, some pivots you're going to have to make. So just tell me real quick about how your travels are going to going to change as, as you start traveling with the little one.
1: Oh man. Um, so I, I've already been doing my, my research on, you know, travel strollers been, been doing my research about when's the optimal time. I'd actually love to, 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 to hear your thoughts. I've heard from a lot of people that, uh, uh paradoxically that, first year before they can start, uh, you know, before a little one can start kind of, uh, moving on their own and, 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 uh, really walking is actually when it's the easiest to travel with them because they're not quite as antsy in the plane. Does, does, does that ring true in your experience?
0: I, I couldn't agree more with that statement. Essentially the way I look at it is you're going to have all the same little stresses and challenges that you would have at home on the road, but I don't think they, I don't think they increase. It doesn't become more difficult. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're just kind of taking the show on the road, essentially. You know, -hmm. there's going to be sleep challenges. There's going to be crying. There's going to be tantrums. There's Mm going to be all the sweet moments too. all the things you love. It's just, they're going to happen in similar proportions, really, regardless of where you happen to be on the planet. That was my experience anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. So we're, we're, we're really excited. I I mean, we're going to do our best to just, to just, Just keep on, keep on traveling and, and, you know, put as many kind of passport stamps in this baby's uh, uh, (laughs) passport as we, as we can, even at an early age, and then just keep going from there. Absolutely love that, man. Last question, then we're going to say goodbye. I asked
0: this question to everybody, because I want to give you the chance to, to really just highlight the fact that this isn't a one man show. Nothing is. Uh, Tell me just who, it can be personal or professional, who has had the
1: biggest positive impact
0: on Scott's cheap flights besides yourself?
1: Oh man, my co-founder, Brian, I mean, they like, I, I, you know, was singing his praises earlier, but Scott would not be half the company that it is today without his uh, incredible work. I mean, I just feel so lucky and indebted to him that, that we happen to uh, happen to meet and and come across one another. And, and for us to both be in a place where we like needed each other when we kind of, Run across one another, he could, he might've been right in the middle of a job or I might've been, you know, even a couple months earlier, I didn't necessarily need a, a co-founder at that time. And so it was incredibly, incredibly lucky in retrospect that, that the timing worked out, that we even met one another in the first place, because I mean, and in everything from the, you know, from the website, from the business development, from building out the team, from pushing me to kind of, gr- uh, uh, keep growing SCF rather than keeping it like kind of smaller and and more uh, parochial everything down the line i mean it, it, he played has such a big hand in um a, a, you know and a lot of it again just as someone who he as much as i was never the sort of really entrepreneurial really business for, uh oriented person i was just a guy who liked to find cheap flights he did have that business acumen and that sort of interest and understanding and so our our skill set ended up complementing each other's really really well, and 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 I think we're both ended up uh, uh, supremely benefiting for it.
0: Well, kudos to Brian and kudos to you, Scott, and your whole team. You guys have really built something special. And that's why I brought you on here today to share your story. You've been dropping just just valuable nuggets throughout this interview. Uh, folks out there in podcast land, hope you were taking notes or just go back to the beginning, listen again, because there, there was a ton of great stuff in there. We've been ch- talking to Scott Kyes, the founder of Scott's Cheap Flights. You can check out Scott on the web at scottscheapflights.com, Facebook, Scott's Cheap Flights, Twitter, Scott's Flights, and of course, Instagram, Scott's Cheap Flights. You you don't need to remember any of that. It's all going to be linked in the show notes. Scott Kaisman, man, thanks so much for joining us today on Dramatic Travels, Entrepreneurs.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me, Aaron. This is really great to get to uh, be on chatting with you.
0: If you create travel content, then you know how important it is to truly connect with your audience. And podcasting is simply a phenomenal way to create those intimate connections. Podcasting lets you use the power of your voice to share your message, change people's lives. All while expanding your influence and growing your business. My friend, podcasting is a huge part of my dream life and I want to help make it part of yours too. So if you're ready to start using the power of your voice, take that first step by going to dramaticpodcasting.com and there you're going to find everything you need to start your podcasting journey from how to create and launch your podcast to how to grow your audience and start making money. It's all there, my friend. It's at dramaticpodcasting.com.